Over the last few weeks, we've been exploring the fourth foundation of mindfulness in the Satipatthana Sutta. We can think of the fourth foundation of mindfulness as being perspectives that the Buddha encouraged us to bring to our practice. The teachings in the fourth foundation are oriented around some particular, you could say lists that the Buddha taught, particular teaching frameworks that the Buddha explored. And these teaching frameworks are really the, each one of those frameworks can be a complete exploration in and of itself. And in particular, these frameworks for exploration are looking at how does suffering come to be and how does suffering fall apart? So these, there are five frameworks that are offered in the fourth foundation hindrances, which we've talked about the last few weeks, the five aggregates, which we'll explore in a little more depth today, the six sense bases, the seven factors of awakening, and the four noble truths. So the first three foundations we can think of as setting up a stability of awareness in order to be able to explore our experience through these perspectives in order to be able to understand the perspective the Buddha was pointing to, which is around the arising of craving, the arising of clinging, brings suffering into being, and the releasing of that craving, the releasing of that clinging allows it to fall apart. And so all of the perspectives pointed to in the fourth foundation are helping us to see that in various ways. And we could say too that um, you know, some of these various ways of exploring experience may be more natural at times than other times. They may be more uh, con congenial for some minds than other minds, certain ones of these. And so, um, you know, it's, I think it's useful to begin to explore all of these, these different perspectives to help us find our own way in to understanding this teaching around craving, the arising of craving leading to suffering and the releasing of craving being the releasing of suffering. So the aggregates, for me, this teaching has been very um, supportive, very transformational, very, part, a big part of my own practice. And so it's a topic I do enjoy talking about. And um, there's a lot, there's a lot in here, a lot to understand. Even the word aggregate, you know, even that word sounds kind of technical. And the teaching is um, a little technical, but the word itself in the Pali, the word aggregate is not a technical word. It means something like group or collection of things, something like that. It was used in, my understanding is that it was used in more everyday kinds of ways. If you had a, you know, a heap of, a pile of sticks sitting around, that would be 
an aggregate, a collection of things together. And so that's that the word itself isn't isn't um, too technical, but the the teaching or the understanding that is pointed to, there's some subtlety to it. And so we'll go into that a little bit today. Um, the five aggregates. Oh, let me just read to start the the, the section of the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, it introduces these five aggregates in a very brief form and encourages us to notice their impermanence. This is this is all of this teaching in this particular section. Some of the other sections have some more detailed uh, explorations, like with the aggregates, there were these, I mean, sorry, with the hindrances, there were these encouragements to notice the arising, the passing, what led to the arising, what led to the passing away, what led to the non-arising of the hindrances, all of that. It was a quite, quite detailed exploration. In this one, it's pretty simple. It just basically encourages us to know the aggregate and know, when, know it's arising and know it's ceasing. So basically it's impermanent nature. So here's the section. One abides contemplating Dhammas as Dhammas, and this is the, we can say experience as experience. Dhamma is the name of the fourth foundation, Dhamma Nupasana, the contemplation of Dhammas. And Dhamma uh, sometimes means the teachings of the Buddha, sometimes it means experience, phenomena, something like that. And so uh, in this um, uh, meaning of the word dhamma, I think it means something like experience or phenomena. One abides contemplating phenomena as phenomena in terms of the five aggregates affected by clinging. And how does one abide contemplating phenomena as phenomena in terms of the five aggregates affected by clinging? One understands such is material form such as its arising, such as its passing away. Such as feeling, such as, such as its arising, such as its passing away. Such is perception, such as its arising, such as its passing away. Such are mental formations, such are their arising, such are their passing away. Such is consciousness, such as its arising, such as its passing away. And that's the basic section of the five aggregates. It doesn't go into much detail about what the aggregates are, but it encourages through the instruction, the first instruction with each of the aggregates, and just to rename them now, form, basically physical phenomenon, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. These five are understood as kind of the components that make up experience, form, the physical experience, both our, it's understood both as our physical form, our, our bodily experience, and as all the physical phenomenon in the world, and how the phenomena in the world kind of contacts us and the the experience of form is experience. So phenomena, it's not, it's not um, 
So the site, you know, when I look out in my room and I see walls, that that is form in terms of it is contacting the 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 site is contacting the eye. And so there is form there. There is the kind of the perception or the recognition of form. So these these five aggregates actually play together. We don't usually um, just simply know one at a time, although we can recognize a flavor of one out of the five. So again, just to kind of go through them quickly, um, there is the uh, the form, the physical experience, um, just uh, just the bodily sensation, and this is often explored in terms of the uh, the five the four elements: earth, air, fire, water, and how those are experienced. So solidity of the body moisture, temperature experienced in the body. And wind is often understood as kind of the vibratory energy of the body. And then there's also the uh, kind of the, what's said to be the derivation of of, um, these, these elements in our other senses. So when um, sound contacts the ear, sight contacts the eye, taste contacts the tongue. That's also body. That's form. That's the the experience of form. Feeling is the um, simple experience of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. It's not emotions. That comes under the mental formations aggregate. But the feeling is just this simple aspect of experience, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And in this teaching, the Buddha is kind of highlighting, we could say this teaching of the aggregates is dividing up the pie of our human experience in a particular way. And this particular way, the Buddha really kind of was highlighting the uh, the ways in which we tend to cling to experience. So these are called the five aggregates affected by clinging. And so it's that in the Buddha's exploration of his experience, he was pointing to um, he uh, he he discovered that there are these five different kind of processes or ex- aspects of experience that we tend to strongly cling to. And so he'd kind of grouped or bundled our experience into these five areas. And all of our experience can be found in these five areas. Nothing that we experience, no phenomenon that we experience will be outside of these five aggregates. So this is, this is the entirety of our human experience kind of divided up into five, piece of, five pieces of pie, five bundles. So we have the form the bodily experience, then this feeling, the pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant aspect of experience. Then perception, which is the recognition of experience. Perception, um, a process of mind, as well as the recognition of the experience itself. So um, um, we recognize, looking around, 
the space you're in, you will recognize wall and window and chair, flower, whatever's in your room. There'll be a recognition. This is a process of mind. This, these things, uh, we could say the things themselves don't, in terms of the understanding of our experience and how it affects clinging, the things themselves are not, um, uh, there's no possibility of clinging to those things until they are created as a perception in our mind. In this process of perceiving, of recognizing, it's a powerful doorway through which all kinds of ideas and views and opinions come in around what is perceived and recognized. We have so many uh, things that are connected to our perceptions, our recognitions. And these perceptions are also at different levels. So I was just pointing to noticing objects in the room like flowers and chairs and walls. But there's also perhaps a subtler form of recognition, something simple like round or green, something like that in our visual field. In the hearing, in the aspect of hearing, it might be pitch and tone, or we might recognize um, leaf blower. You know, we, that, that might be how we recognize the sound, or we might just recognize it as a buzzing uh, sound. So those are all different levels of perception. Perceptions are kind of built on perceptions in a way. And then the, um, the next aggregate is mental formations, which is a whole host of activities in the mind that relate to experience and that act on experience. So this includes um, emotions. This includes ideas, beliefs, thoughts. This includes what we could call mind states. And so mindfulness is one of these mental formations. And I mentioned this in the guided meditation, this aspect of the coming and going of the experience of mindfulness. It is simply a phenomenon that comes and goes, and mindfulness is a, um, uh, a state. The mind uh, creates this state of being able to know what's happening in the present moment. This is a uh, considered a mental formation. And so we can see that mental formations are not simply what we think of as emotions or simply what we think of as thoughts. It's broader than that. Mental formations includes all of the wholesome qualities that are shaped in our practice, like equanimity, concentration, tranquility, patience. These are all also mental formations. And then consciousness, the fifth aggregate, is we could say it's this, this really simple knowing of experience, meeting uh, of experience. So with the eye, there is the 
sight that meets the eye and there's the the knowing or the the kind of the recognition of yes there there's sight happening and so this is this is uh this is another aggregate that's that's pointed to and so these aggregates are kind of at play simultaneously in a moment of experience and often because they kind of come together in a moment of experience they weave together we don't recognize them as independent processes we don't recognize them as processes mostly we are kind of identifying with either the thing or the that we recognized or being the one who is uh, experiencing something and so as an example of how these all kind of weave together in a moment of experience just um, you know, think about your breakfast this morning, whatever you ate, um, you know, lunch, whenever you last ate. So the, the experience of that eating, there's the flavor, there's the contact of the taste in the mouth, bitter, sweet, salty whatever you put in your mouth, you know, for me, well, maybe just let's think about drinking a cup of tea or coffee, something like that. So the, uh, the taste is, um, you know, maybe bitter and sweet and creamy, uh, you know, just flavors, just the, the, that's, that's the, the basic bodily experience, including also that, so that's in the taste realm. And then there's also the, um, you know, the moisture, the fluidity, the temperature, all of that is contacting the tongue, the mouth. Also the smell, that's all, that's all contacting the sense organs. And the, the body is kind of con being contacted. So this is the bodily experience of this. And then there's going to be the feeling that's also woven in pleasantness or unpleasantness or neutral maybe a combination of both you know moments of of just you know if if you're just tasting the bitterness of coffee it might be unpleasant but combined with the sweetness and creaminess there's a pleasant experience so there's could be a kind of a, a flickering between pleasant unpleasant and neutral in the experience of, of drinking the coffee and then there's the perception, the recognition of the coffee, recognizing that you are drinking coffee or tea or whatever you're drinking. There's this perception, this recognition of it. Now, this one might be a little harder to notice, but if you accidentally picked up somebody else's cup of ginger tea or something, you know, and tasted it, there would be a startle and it, you would notice not coffee. You would notice not what your drink was. So there is this recognition uh, that happens. And also there's the recognition of all of what we just talked about, all of the flavors, all of the temperature. There's a, a kind of a weaving between perception and feeling and the body, the form. It's like we don't experience the perception and feeling without the form, without the, the, um, the, the contact. So they're all, they're kind of woven together, all of these. So we've got the body, the feeling, the perception, 
and then there's the knowing also the you know the kind of the recognition of yes this is a flavor this is a smell and just simple kind of basic uh, it's not that the knowing side isn't as precise or clear as the perception knowing is not recognizing what it is it is just recognizing that it is we could say the knowing recognizes that it is a smell or sight or sound or taste and then there's the ideas views opinions emotions that come while we are experiencing this so liking it not liking it and sometimes we don't even really recognize if we're not really paying attention to something if we're just drinking the coffee and we're reading uh, an article in the news probably our ideas and views and opinions are more related to the content of the uh, of what we're reading than they are about the the coffee itself or the drink itself but if you're just simply paying attention to the experience of the drinking, there may be thoughts, there may be relationships. So the liking of it, the wanting more, the uh, noticing when it gets a little cool and wanting to go heat it up in the microwave, you know, the, that there's, there are all these views and, and ideas and uh, other things that arise. These are the mental formations emotions thoughts beliefs around that experience and so this these these aggregates like they all come together in a moment of experience and yet we can be aware of the of the you know, the flavor of one of them Kind of like we can't we can't tease them apart and say okay i'm only going to know feeling and none of the others are going to be there in fact we know the feeling because of the body and the perception and the mental formations and the and the knowing so we can't really tease them apart and yet we can know something about each one so the instructions in the satipatthana sutta the first thing is it says we need to understand such is form such is feeling such is mental formation such as perception such as consciousness so this is an encouragement to get to know these aspects of our experience and we don't always necessarily um, explore experience in this way you know we drink our coffee and we think we're just drinking coffee we don't understand so much that it's kind of a complex interweaving of experience and processes so we can think of the aggregates as a kind of the kind of building blocks of our experience but also another way to understand the such of each of these aggregates such is form such as feeling such as mental formation in this instruction is that they're also described in the suttas not just as what we experience so in the what side of things form body is you know the experience of hardness or softness or heat or coolness the experience of feeling is pleasant unpleasant neutral the experience of perception is the recognition of an experience bitter salty sweet sour 
you know, that the kind of the identification of it, coffee, this, this uh, that would be the kind of the recognition of it. You know, sometimes we might see this, um, particularly for me around hearing is an interesting place to explore this. Um, if my, especially in meditation, my eyes are closed. I hear a sound and the, the sound is like whatever the sound is. It's a vibratory sound, a squealing sound, whatever the sound is. And then the, the mind sees an image perhaps of a person using a leaf blower. That's the perception. That's the recognition. Oh, that's a leaf blower happening. It might appear as a, kind of a label in the mind and the mind identifies it as bird or leaf blower or motorcycle or refrigerator hum. So that the mind could also say the, the word in the mind. This is, this is how perception would be experienced as experience in the moment. Knowing just a kind of like bare, just recognition of, yep, there's knowing happening, contact with experience. And then the mental formations, the wide variety of experience of feel of, of emotions or thoughts arising in, in the moment. So we can know the what of our experience through this framework of the aggregates. But the teaching of the aggregates also speaks of the experience, not just the what is happening but also the process by which it happens. So this is reflected in the word itself. I'm not, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there now. This is another, another teaching. <laughs> um, so the, um, the, there is a teaching that explores the five aggregates and gives a definition of each aggregate not as the thing that is experienced it does talk about that in various places as i just went through them you know what is feeling it is this pleasant this unpleasant this neutral experience but in another place these um, five aggregates are defined in terms of process so they're defined um, for instance, feeling, it says, why is it called feeling? Somebody's asking the Buddha a question. Why is it called feeling? And the Buddha said, because it feels. It feels what? It feels pleasant. It feels unpleasant. It feels neutral. So it's defined as a verb. All five of these are defined as verbs. Body also defined as a verb. That one's a little bit odd it uses wordplay in the definition of that one it, uh, it says why is it called form and uh, essentially it uses a wordplay to say well it's deformed that's why it's called form and what is it deformed by well it's deformed by impingement it's deformed by contact with heat with gadflies with um, a sensation basically and so it's it's understood as a as a process the um, the deforming or the experience of the contact is the important, the contact creating sensation is the important part of that aggregate. The process of perception, again, defined as a verb. Why is it called perception? 
the Buddha is asking, he said, because it perceives, because it acts, because it, it, it recognizes, basically, because it recognizes. That's why it's called perception. And what does it recognize? Well, it recognizes what the experience is. It, it kind of creates the label or creates the idea what the experience is. And so there is this um, understanding of the uh, aggregates also as process. And this is, this is, I think, a very interesting side of the teaching um, that I would like to get into more in, in subsequent days, because I think it, 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 it's useful to look at how each one of these, rather than doing a, a quick go through, uh, look at each one in more depth in terms of its process nature. So if we if we explore the such of the aggregates, we can both understand the what of experience and the how of experience. How experience is created. And this how experience arises, this how experience comes together. This is the part of the of this of the Satipatthana Sutta where it's talking about understanding the arising of the aggregate, understanding the passing away of the aggregate. And also I think to some extent understanding their interwoven nature. That's not explicit in this in the Satipatthana Sutta, but to me, there's definitely um, kind of a curiosity about that. And that has, has been a, an interesting exploration in my own practice to see how they connect, how they relate. The process of the arising of feeling, for instance. It's feeling that and immediately following on that process of the arising of feeling is often a mental formation a liking or not liking. So the arising of the mental formation often arises in dependence on feeling. It's connected to the feeling. And so the arising of our experience, very interwoven process here. So I'm going to stop there and just see um, this is a, this is a, there's a lot in this teaching and I want to just see what, what kinds of questions you might have around this and um, continue exploring this over the coming weeks. Although next week I'm teaching a retreat, so it'll be, I'll be back the following week. But in any case, um, questions or, or comments about what I've shared so far about, about exploring the aggregates. Yeah, Nicholas. I'm curious how, because some of the aggregates seem woven into the first three foundations of mindfulness. So I'm curious if when thinking of them as aggregates, it's sort of what you're pointing to about really looking at how they're all interwoven is maybe the difference in flavor or it's even the emphasis on impermanence also seems present in the first three foundations. So yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, the 
you're right that there is a similarity and like the first foundation is body. The second foundation is feeling. So there's two of them right there. Um, and the third foundation is awareness of mind, which is looking at an aspect of mental formation, essentially. So the two that aren't really mentioned in, uh, in the first three um, are feeling and or consciousness and perception. Those, those two. And so there's a little bit of a deepening into um, these processes. And I think it is the teaching of the aggregates, I think, really does come to the process nature of experience more than the um, what the experience is. I think in the first three foundations, it's much more the what of the experience. What is the body? How is the body experienced, you know, through uh, the elements, through um, um, the movement of the body, through the postures of the body, through the breath, all of that. It's, it's looking at the experience of the body through that lens. Then feeling, again, it's looking at the experience of recognizing the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral aspect of experience. And then the, the mental formations, it's looking at a very small slice of mental formation there. It's looking at, although any mental formation will have those flavors, one of those flavors in them. I mean, as I said, when we did the exploration of mental formations, even just looking at the presence or absence of greed, in any mental formation, greed will either be present or absent. And so we can, we can understand um, um, that we are looking at Kind of again from a particular perspective we're looking at mental formations in that third foundation but again the first three are really looking at the what of experience and i do think that the the aggregate the um the aggregate teaching points to knowing the process nature of experience this this verb nature of experience and the, i think one of the reasons why the teaching of the aggregates is so powerful is that it's a doorway to understanding how the sense of self is constructed and again that's not mentioned in the in the satipatthana sutta and i'm curious about that actually because you know the teaching of the hindrances points to noticing how the clinging happens and the arising and the clinging, how the future clinging might not come to be. The teaching on the six sense spaces also points to how we might cling to those sense spaces. But the aggregate teaching mentions these are the five aggregates gets affected by clinging, but it doesn't particularly aim the instruction in this place. It doesn't aim the instruction at looking at the clinging, it aims it at looking at the impermanent nature of it. The impermanent nature of it begins to undermine the clinging. And so that's maybe why the pointing to the impermanent nature. But also I think, you know, the, the, the teaching of the aggregates, there's so much of it in the suttas. This is just such a small um, slice of what the suttas point to around the aggregates. And uh, almost every time the aggregates are mentioned elsewhere in the suttas, it's pointing to understanding how the sense of self arises. And so that I think is, you know, so seeing the aggregates affected by clinging 
And I think too, this, um, the clinging around self is connected not so much to the what is happening, but more the process. As I, as I think about and reflect myself on the clinging that happens with the aggregates. Yes, sometimes I do cling to a pleasant experience, but more the deeper kind of clinging is that I am the one that is feeling something. You know, that, that, that I'm clinging to this process of feeling that like the, the feeler is what's clung to. I am the feeler. And so the, the process, I think it's the process nature that's the difference in, in the teaching on the aggregates that is really pointing to exploring the process of feeling, the process of perceiving, the process of mental formations. The process of mental formations is, whoa, that's a really powerful one to look at. Um, because the, the mental formations, the process nature of mental formations, the description of that, and we'll cover this more in, um, in uh, coming weeks, but the description of how the mental formations are a process goes something like this. And I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm doing this from memory. Why are they called formations? Because they form experience. What do they form? They form form. They form feeling. They form perceptions. They form formations and they form consciousness. So the process of the mental formations is kind of the engine of our experience. And that's, that's kind of mind blowing, actually, when I, when I think about it. it, it is how our experience is constructed. And so, you know, the, the arising of anger, for instance, will construct our experience. So it's not only constructed, it has been constructed. Mental formations have been constructed by past history conditioning, but they are also the, the engine that tumbles onward and um, constructs the rest of our aggregates. So anger arising, for instance, will affect our body. It will shape like pressure and heat in the body. It may distort our face physically. It will tend to affect the feeling tone. It will tend to have the feeling that we recognize be unpleasant. It will tend to shape feeling as unpleasant. It will tend to shape perceptions in terms of what we are angry about. It will tend to shape more anger, more of the mental formation of anger. And it will tend to shape our consciousness to recognize or kind of the filter of what we actually recognize because we don't know everything that comes in with consciousness. Consciousness will know certain things. It will receive, the, the, the receiving part of consciousness will know some aspects of experience and not others. And the uh, mental formations are like a filter that lets certain things get through consciousness and not other things get through consciousness. And so this shaping nature, the kind of the, the verbal, the verb nature of the aggregates 
I think is the special teaching in this part of the Satipatthana and, and then recognizing the impermanent nature of the experience. So the such is form, feeling, mental formations, consciousness. There's a slightly different flavor here if you understand the fullness of the aggregate teaching. And this um, section of the Satipatthana Sutta is kind of assuming that there is already an understanding. Um, you know, so, so I think we have to dive in and explore a little bit more what is meant by this aggregate teaching. And the first three foundations are going to help us to actually start to see what's going on. With, I think without those first three foundations, diving into the aggregates as our first meditation practice, probably not going to have much traction. You know, we kind of need to understand what body is, what feeling is, what mental formations are to begin to understand this uh, process nature of, of the aggregates. Yeah, thanks for the question. Sometimes I get that question with the hindrances and the third foundation, um, too. You know, it's like, what's the difference between the third foundation and the hindrances? So thank you for the question. Yeah, Yang Kui. Thank you for this. Um, just it's it's richening my understanding of the aggregates. It's bringing a lot more dimensions to it. And so what I understand so far um, with these five aggregates, it's like, a, it's like this and it rises in the moment of experience. And it, it is, it's not linear, it's not like stepwise. It's just, and sometimes one pops up more, one's more obvious than another, but it is made out of body. Well, the three major aspects I see is body, feeling, bedana, and uh, mental, something in the mental realm. So, so these together, and and I'm, I have a question about consciousness. So, for example, you gave a example of the sound, and then then there's a mind make an image of that sound, like oh, it's a leaf blower, it's a bird, whatever that you know that. And is the consciousness that it is that it it is is the consciousness that it is seeing, or that it is bird that is recognition. Are we knowing the process? Are we knowing the, do you know what I mean? Are we so, knowing, is it recognized? I think the question, it's, it's, a, it's a subtle one. And, you know, I, it's, so we're, near, we're short of time now. So I'll just do a quick answer now and go into it more um, as we come to um, consciousness, to dive into consciousness a little bit more. Um, um, my understanding, and this is not, this is a subtle distinction. There's one teaching that really points to the subtlety of this, um, where it talks about feeling, perception, and consciousness as a kind of a triumvirate. You know, three three processes of mind that they happen together. And again, it's pointed to some somebody saying, "So can I tease these apart? You know, can I can I know just consciousness? Can I know just feeling?" And the Buddha said, "Basically, no. You know." Because in order to know feeling, you need perception and consciousness. Mm -hmm. In order to know perception, you need feeling and consciousness. In order to know consciousness, you need feeling and perception. Mm -hmm. And so he said they come together, and yet we can understand the distinction in those processes. And some of that distinction, at least in my experience, comes with what am I clinging to? 
because sometimes I'm clinging more to the feeling aspect of it, being the one who's feeling. Sometimes I'm clinging more to the perceiving aspect, being the one who's perceiving. Or sometimes I'm clinging more to the simple knowing aspect. So, um, you know, the knowing side, just in a simple way of describing. So the perceiving side is the recognition that, that, I, that you just described again, the, the recognition of leaf blower or, or something like that. Um, so that's the perception. Um, the knowing in this example, the knowing is simply kind of the impingement of sound on the eardrum and hearing is happening really kind of bare, you know, that that is the knowing of hearing. And then, you know, to make it more complicated, there is also the knowing of the perception that arose as a thought in the mind. That is not the hearing. And so there is a thought in the mind of leaf blower or bird. And then that too is known as a mental experience. And so that, again, they can't be teased apart, but they're kind of like, it's like you might be able to kind of understand the perception side of it as being the thing that recognizes. So in this case, if we think of the, the hearing, the perception is recognizing bird or uh, leaf blower. In terms of the, the knowing of the, um, the perception, the interest there, the, so there's the knowing of the, there's this thought arising in the mind around the perception. And, but the perception about that is not leaf blower or uh, bird. The perception around that is, this is perception. This is, this is a, this is a kind of a thought arising in the mind. So this is a perception. And so there's, there's like, it's it's so complex the way it it kind of weaves together. With every recognition, there is this this knowing experience, and so the knowing of the hearing is just this knowing that it is hearing. the The recognition of the hearing is this mental experience of an image or a, of you know the the um, the leaf blower or the the bird, and then there's a recognition a mind the consciousness knows that the mind has recognized that but that's a kind of a a different level of recognition and so there the recognition is oh there's been a perception that's usually pretty buried we don't often notice that level of perception we can we can notice it and that level of knowing, actually. So the knowing of mind objects. So, you know, so within a perception, there is the knowing of the sound object, you know, the, the knowing there. And then there's the perception. And then there's the knowing of the mind object and the knowing of the feeling that's associated with that. So I, that, I don't know if that just made it more complicated or whether that clarified a little bit. No, yeah, that is what I was thinking. That's the continual unfolding in each moment. There's wherever our attention is at, I guess, wherever we're, we're placing our attention, the knowing of that attention or yes. continues. And, and it's fascinating. It's just these processes. And, 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 and the, just, pro the processes are what 
I think is so powerful about this particular teaching, seeing that it, they are processes and that they are conditioned processes because when we see them as processes, it's very hard for the mind to continue to solidify into that's me, that's who I am. And so that begins, those, those views around the solidification into that's who I am begin to fall apart. And that is also very freeing. It sounds scary, but it, it actually is very freeing.